Welcome to Full Court Press on Missouri Women's Basketball. Welcome into episode four of Full Court Press on Missouri Women's Basketball. I'm Cameron Connor, joined by the MU Missourian beat writers for MU Basketball, Shannon Belt and Nate Marcus. Guys, how you doing? How, how was the weekend? How, how are we feeling after last week's basketball performances? What's, what's new? Yesterday was pretty funny because, you know, we're watching the game, it's tipping off, and then, you know, you're live tweeting the game, you're scrolling through Twitter looking for reactions and stuff, and you see Jawan Howard slapped an assistant coach for Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, took over the Twitter world, and it's like, whoa, that's that was fun. So that was an interesting part, and besides that, Missouri got a nice, nice much-needed win over Mississippi State and played pretty well doing it, especially in the second half. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it. I think I got to see some a good game. Georgia's game wasn't that it wasn't a good game to watch, but it was it was a it was a game, and uh, I'm not surprised by the results of this last week. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's a good way to start. Yeah, commenting on the Juwan Howard thing real quick. I'd love to get your guys like expanded <laughs> opinion on that. That was just absurd. It was it was ridiculous. I I understand his frustrations for you know basically the whole timeout at the end of the game thing. But from that other, I don't even remember the guy's name, that other assistant coach, though, that was like, let me explain to you, was like putting his hands verbally on him. I think he was kind of asking to get slapped a little bit because it's already a very frustrated guy coming at you and you're going to like hold on to his hands and stuff. I, I don't know. It was it was kind of crazy. I'm curious to see how it unfolds, you know, when we're talking about suspensions and potential fines on both sides. It's going to be it's going to be weird to see how it unfolds. Yeah, anytime you can full court press your opponent's backups with under a minute left, down fifteen. I mean, you have to take advantage of that opportunity. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's a that's a really good thing to say about it. But getting back on, uh, getting back on track here. Missouri women's basketball had a really up and down week. They probably had the exact opposites of games that they could have had that week. You know, the first one against. What was number 21 at the time, now they're 25 because of a really unfortunate loss to Auburn, which we can get into that in a little bit here too. But number 21 Georgia at the time kind of handled Mizzou. Yeah. That game was back on Thursday, February 17th. And news breaks right before the game or right around when, when tip-off is occurring. It was actually, you know, probably what, Shannon, after we were interviewing with you, maybe 15 to 20 minutes after that, we figured out, Asia Blackwell wasn't playing. So from your guys' perspective, can we really unpack that? We've gotten that, oh, she wasn't following the expectations of the program, but is there anything more to it? What, what's really going on with that? Uh, there wasn't really more to it yesterday when or Thursday when Robin talked after, uh, when Coach Pitchton talked after the games, uh, talked about not meeting program expectations. She was back yesterday, obviously, played great, yeah. uh, appeared in front of the media, did great interviews. So... As far as I know, it might be passed, but that was also her second incident this season because there was some time yeah, earlier this one. season where <clears throat> she didn't start in a game. I can't exactly remember what game that was, but uh, it is a second-time thing, and hopefully she learns from that. I want to say it was against Tennessee because I remember I asked a question like, oh, did you switch it? I kind of knew it wasn't because I, I was just kind of like suspecting like, oh, did you switch Asia Blackwell out with LaDaisha Williams for like a size reason, you know, six foot three, six foot four against the – tall tall forwards over there but yeah they say a lot of things about adversity so adversity could be anything so <laughs> i mean but yeah she appeared uh, uh in front of us uh yesterday for the press conference and someone did ask about it but yeah i think that happens especially 
especially with like women and girls basketball, the, the attitudes and the things, you know, you, you walk out, all this. I remember so many people walking out in like high school basketball and I'm like, they going to be back. It's that kind of thing. It could, it could easily be that or it could be more, but it seems like it's that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, no, that's a good way to describe it. It, it was very peculiar and you guys are right. Yeah, and for listeners out there, she was not, I don't want to say benched because like you said, she did play that game. She just didn't start because of whatever these altercations are in a weird way. I feel like almost it can be a positive sign when your program is able to keep things this quiet, keep it this under wraps, because yeah. you know it's internal and you know it's being solved, which, Shannon, to your point, when you're talking about this, when once ro- locker rooms start to get a little sticky or stuff starts to stir around, it can really start to rub people the wrong way. Yeah. But it definitely seems like the team is a group, and I'd love to get your guys' observance on that as well. It seems like they're still interacting with this in a really strong way, and they proved that point against Mississippi State on Sunday. Well, if they haven't, they've, like you said, been doing an excellent job hiding it. I mean, the attitudes on the bench yesterday, you know, coming in with a four-game losing streak, too, just seemed very, very positive. And, you know, winning is, of course, part of that. But, I mean, you know, it's easy to be down when you're losing four games in a row and every game is just tough in the SEC. It's easy to get down on yourself. And, you know, yesterday, maybe they needed a little positivity and they got it. Yeah, and I also, like, want to say that's a good job on uh, Robin Pinchton. Because uh, most teams, you know, like, that's your best player. You really, really, really don't want to leave your best player off of the out-of-the-road trip to, to Georgia. But you have to do those things to kind of show, you know, that it's really not about one player. And if you keep pushing that message, it kind of pushes other players to be like, okay, well, you know, this person's not playing. I have to step up. And for those, like, for example, like Jayla Kelly, she probably wouldn't have played that many minutes if Asia Blackwell was there. So getting that opportunity even though it's like it's it's a bad and a good it's it's a I think it was handled like the right way for like coaching standpoint no I completely agree one thing that's I think when you compare both head coaches whether it's Missouri men or Missouri women so Conzo Martin or Robin Pinchton say what you want to about what they do on the court but the thing I'm trying to exemplify here is the fact that they are coaches that make it very very well clear that there's more to basketball And if there was something, whatever it was, and in this case, you know, Asia Blackwell, Robin Pinchton saying she wasn't meeting program expectations, whatever that was, she made it abundantly clear they're not going to tolerate that, they're not going to stand it. And in a lot of ways, they were able to build and wrap around it. But circling back to the actual product on the court, since Asia Blackwell didn't play in that Georgia game, it's very, very clear and evident that her presence was missed. Yes, (laughs) to say the least. So what... uh, Confidence level not high when Asia Blackwell's not on the court, I'm assuming. What's 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 going on there? It's a bad matchup. Georgia's big. Yeah. I mean, they, you could say that about a lot of teams in the SEC, but Georgia is a big basketball team, and they don't settle for shots. Um, I haven't watched a lot of them other than the Missouri game, but they made it very, very clear that they were going to the basket. Yeah. You know, Asia Blackwell not playing. They only took eight threes. Mm-hmm. They took 56 two-pointers. I mean, that is wild. That's a lot of shots to give up. And between the turnovers and the offensive rebounds they were getting, they had 14 offensive rebounds. It was just too much. Yeah, and without Asia Blackwell, I wouldn't say confidence level goes completely down. I would just say confidence in rebounding would go Mm -hmm. down. Because the fact that Jayla Kelly had five rebounds, and that was the most of someone on the team, it was kind of like, well, that's not going to cut it. Especially when you have Jenna Stady, who's going to grab them all. So. Yeah, and then everyone else around who who's grabbing them all. So 
I think rebounding-wise, confidence dropped low. But, I mean, they beat South Carolina without Asia Blackwell, so. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That is a good point. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. to your point about Stady, the center for Georgia, she made it abundantly clear that <laughs> yeah. without Asia Blackwell there, there was going to be nothing that anyone could do <laughs> to have her have exactly what way she wanted to on the basketball court. The dynamics for this team altogether are still there, but to your guys' point earlier, when you're missing not only your best player, but that's also we got to remember, even though she is such a needed thing on the rebounding side of the ball for the team, and I'm talking about Blackwell, obviously, she's, she's still the point guard. Yeah. She is still a main facilitator, and when you're not only are you losing, that's this is like the Lakers losing LeBron James. You know when mm-hmm. basically something happens and all of a sudden everything's in disarray because no one knows exactly where to set up or they just don't know how things work without a presence like that on the court. It was clear that even though shots were getting made, it wasn't that smooth system that we've seen throughout Missouri for a lot of the season. Shots weren't really getting made, Cameron. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna lie. No, I'm not gonna point. lie. Good point. I hate to disagree, but shots weren't yeah. really getting made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. The offense just struggled a lot. Yeah. You know, Lauren Hansen went 0 for 7. Mama Dembele didn't score. No, I know. It's just, it's just tough when you have someone that draws that much attention to just not like not be out there. Mm-hmm. Loses a lot of space in your yeah. offense. You're right. I should have I should have said that differently. I was a little over optimistic there. I was basically trying to say, well, like at least players were some scoring pe- in double digits. Some people did score. Some people did yes, score. But yeah, no, like to your point, it was it, it was real ugly. Yeah, I think they were missing just like that. She brings like a certain level of intensity that I don't think the other, like not too many other players could like strum up. They kind of build off of her intensity, her driving to the basket, her aggressiveness on rebounding. So missing that kind of did, kind of did put a damper on things, uh, a further damper on top of like the scoring droughts that they would go through. And going through that, it's it's what we've already talked about a lot. The game against Missouri State, or not, not Missouri State, Mississippi State, we'd already said no matter what happened with Georgia, we thought we thought for the most part, even though I picked him in my prediction, damn, that ended up being really wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was... We were all oh, off. <laughs> that was... Oh, man. But either way, looking at it here, even though it was a must-win game in Columbia on Sunday, the way that they performed it was, I think, the kind of recognition and effort they really needed to put out there because what was the biggest stigma on this team on that four-game losing streak they weren't playing four quarters of basketball and here they definitely got it through and especially in the end when you went on that little run to really secure and kind of say hey we're still here we're still a legitimate team from a confidence standpoint I think that's just something that maybe or at least hopefully got this team thinking in the right direction yeah they came out and played a really good 15 minutes of basketball in the first half like really good they were moving the ball well defending really well forcing turnovers and you know, as they do sometimes, it kind of got a <laughs> little. Tr- it kind of got a little tricky. Yeah. Mississippi State like hit a buzzer beater at the end of the fir- second quarter, and it was kind of just like, oh no, Here right, is this what's gonna happen again? <laughs> and then yeah, uh, good third quarter, and then you know that r- big run at the end, last five minutes. I think they outscored them twenty-one to eleven or something like that with the free throws at the end. Asia Blackwell hit a huge three. Lauren Hansen banked in a shot yeah. from the wing that they did a two-possession game with like a minute and a half to go. And you know, it was just a. It was a nice bounce back performance given what they've been through the past couple weeks. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree. They they like the rest of Missouri sports. They bring it down to the wire, make sure the fans are on their toes. You know, this isn't just a game you're going to watch. You got to kind of be nervous in your seat of whether or not what's going to happen. But I think they actually like got the job done, which is something that they couldn't do like like for example, Arkansas. Same thing happened. Amber Ramirez made the buzzer beater and that just tanked everything for them. 
But this time, the buzzer beater, it didn't really, you know, it happened, you know. Things got closed. They did bring, come back in fourth quarter, tie it up, but they were able to actually finish it. And that was something that I think the team, if they didn't, if they weren't able to do that, I don't know how much more they would have left to, to take on Kentucky and then Florida after that. Yeah, and, and just overall, another important thing to add is the fact that they finally got right shooting the ball, specifically the three. Like, this is a team that for a lot of the season hung their hat on being a really good, fast-paced, smaller lineup shooting team, faltered for, even though it was not honestly a little bit more than the four-game losing streak. There were times where it was like, okay, it's just not hitting beyond the arc how it did. And to go 50%, 11 from 22 from three, huge, huge for this team. Yeah, they hit a bunch of big shots yesterday. Haley Troop was really good, too. I didn't mention her when I was talking about the game as a whole. She scored 16 points, hit some big shots throughout the game, and was just her performance as a third scorer. She was the second leading scorer yesterday, but just as a third scorer, you know, it's just like every game they need that. Someone to put up 12, 15 points behind Haley Frank and Asia Blackwell. And if it's going to rotate, then that's fine, but they just need someone every game to just be able to do that. Yeah, it's always rotating between, like, Haley Troop or Lauren Hansen or LaDeja Williams. They, like, take turns. Who's go- who's mm. it going to be? Is it going to be in the paint? Is it going to be, like, a little jumper? Or is it going to be, like, some three-pointers coming from Lauren Hansen or Haley Troop? You know, you just never know. But they need to have that, like, consistently, like, like agreeing with Nate big time. That's what I'd love you guys to expand on, actually. You talk about that consistency because some games you, you see Hansen pop off or Frank pop off or Troop pop off. LaDasia Williams has been getting there, unfortunately, in some of the losses. She was really starting to get her bearings on things. We talked about it a few times in the last two podcasts where if they can really find that consistency and gel together, this might be a dangerous team come SEC tournament, come hopefully still in in those standings for NCAA tournament. Except for Frank, because we still see that night in and night out that she is supposed to be the second option. Who is that third? Who is that third person? Who you think, all right, whether it's Troop or whether it's Hampson, it'd be great to have a perfect world that you see it both every night, but that's just not how this team operates. Right. <laughs> Who's that person who needs to be taking those priority third position shots? Well, we talked about it the first time when we said Lauren Hansen probably should be that person, but it's mm-hmm. just coming down to matchups. Yeah. I mean, you get a team that pressures the ball, pressure, like, like is really in your face. Haley Troop's a really good driver. She gets the basket really well. Mm-hmm. Mama Debele is really composed with the ball, can step through and hit layups. <laughs> You had a bigger team. It's Ladesha Williams. And then, you know, if a team is sagging off, Lauren Hansen's going to kill you from behind the arc. So, I mean, it just, like I said, it needs to be someone, and it just depends on the team. Like yesterday, Mississippi State, I, Lauren Hansen missed some shots that I feel like she could have made. Yeah. And, you know, if she would have had 15 points, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Yeah, I kind of agree with Nate. Like, if you break it down like that, it could be either, like, any one of them that could. Because I know, like, with Haley Troop, when it's too much pressure, she's a lot of them are prone to traveling. But Haley Troop is kind of really prone to traveling. So, And then Lauren Hansen, when she gets under pressure too much, then she starts to foul. LaDasia Williams is another one who will start to foul too much pressure. She will not go up as strongly as she should when she's got someone just as big as her in the paint. So it... It's hard to pick one. It's hard to pick one. I guess I'm gonna still I'm gonna still say Lauren Hansen though, because I feel like her three point shooting ability is like close second to Haley Haley Frank. So I, I would go with her. I'm a, I'm a I'm a stamp it. Yeah. Either way, they needed to be somebody because yes, yeah. they got right yesterday, but we're in the last week of the season now. They take on Kentucky this Thursday at home for the last home game of the season, and then they go on the road to number 15 Florida, who all of a sudden looks 
exceptionally well, especially <laughs> down the stretch. You know, some a team that's really gotten hot at the right time, if you want to put it into that characteristics. When you're talking about matchups, you guys know them a lot better than me. What are they going to try to do against Kentucky here this Thursday? Ryan Howard is a problem for Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She came in, she was SEC Player of the Year last year, I believe. She came into the season as preseason SEC Player of the Year, number one projected pick in the WMA draft. Kentucky has not lived up to expectations. They were a top ten, t- top fifteen team coming into the season, and you know they were really bad at the beginning of SEC play, two and eight, and all of a sudden they've won four in a row, two games on the road, at Arkansas, blew out Arkansas yesterday. So they have a little mojo coming in. Uh, if they can beat Missouri and then they have a winnable game against Auburn, it's like well they're kind of fighting for their NCAA tournament lives too, and she's six two. Howard is six two. And I'm not sure Missouri has a matchup for her. It's going to be extremely interesting to see what Robin Pinchin does. I agree. Like, I feel like Kentucky, like like you said, they, they didn't do as well as they should have. But that if you could neutralize that one player, but it, that's the scary part about neutralizing that one big player. Neutralize them, and some other player on the team is going to be like, okay, this is my time to shine, and then boom. Now you got the same problem, so... I would. I'm. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do, because no, there is no gimmies in in the SEC, so it's gonna be tough, and they're gonna have to play even probably better than they did against Mississippi State. I think. Another thing they're gonna have to do, and this is, I'm just talking about student section now. Fans got to come out to that game. Like this is the last home game of the season. They have to be there because Missouri needs any sort of confidence or momentum builder they can possibly get. At this point in the season, yeah, they're coming off a big win on Sunday, but if they could really continue to at least get that next game, get that next game, have eighteen, be 18-10, and 10. I'm not saying they can't get it done against Florida because what we've seen when this team's playing their best basketball, they're competitive with those teams. And Well, yes, they beat South Carolina, but anywhere between those 10 to 20 ranked teams, yeah. they've shown they can get it done. So it's not impossible against Florida, but it's got to start against Kentucky because especially when you look at the fact that Kentucky is tied in the, in the conference standings, Missouri has them record, so that's going to be where they stand for now. But when you're talking both teams being 6-8 and eight in the conference, that can start to jumble things up because it's still really re- – there's uh, – 6th through 10th places separated by one game. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm looking at her. You're exactly right. Yeah. They wrote a piece on this this morning. So Yes. And Arkansas – like, sorry, a little bit off topic here. Arkansas mm-hmm. is going to have the keys to all of that because they okay. play – let me make sure I've got this right. They play Mississippi State. They play. I should have remembered this. It's okay. I can, I can find it real quick. No, they play. Uh, they play Mississippi. Then right. they play Georgia, and, the, and, and then they, they have play, Mississippi State. Right. So all three of those. Those are three of the five teams that are jumbled into that little middle of the pack right there. And then there's Kentucky and Missouri too. So. Jeez. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun week in the SEC. Uh, the only <laughs> thing that's really set is uh, South Carolina has a share of the title. Okay. Regular season-wise. Regular season. They do have their share. That's that's the best way to describe it. But, yeah, t- to your point, it's, it's extremely jumbled, and depending on the wins and losses from practically, you could even argue, six different teams, it could really skew things where Missouri could end up right where they are now. Maybe they could jump up one or two spots, or they could also plummet three or four spots, just depending yeah. on how you finish when the season goes. And we all know you don't want to play that first game or that first day in the SEC tournament. You can. I'm, I'm confident this team would be able to get some wins against those lower-rated teams, but no matter what, you want that extra time. Yeah. And that, that's all you have to try to do. And I think getting this win can secure that they don't have to play on the first day this Thursday. 
yeah, this is their this is the one that they want to win. Of course, it's one of the non un, unranked teams, but it's gonna be tough. It's always yeah. tough. That's the that's the beauty of of SEC basketball. So I'm gonna enjoy watching it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for Thursday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ryan yeah. Howard is really good. Like, I, like, I'm just real. I'm just excited yeah. to see. You see know, in, we've seen a lot of good players this year. Really good players, action. but. You know, she had a lot of hype up her, and, you know, the team hasn't been good, but she's still scoring 20 a game. Jeez. Like, they've won four in a row because she's one of the five best players in the country. So, it'll be fun to watch. I'm still deciding if I want to go there as a media pass representative or if I want to be there in the stands. I'm favoring <laughs> more stands this time around just because I think, I don't know, I might. You don't want to be in that press conference room with us talking to Robin after the game? I usually would, man, but also <laughs> at the same time, I don't like the fandom might escape a little bit oh, here no. in this one. So that's why, I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know, I don't know. TBD, to be decided. But either way, they got Kentucky on Thursday, that's February 24th, then on February 27th, they go down to Gainesville for the last game of the season against number 15 ranked Florida. Guys, we do this every week. Oh we gosh. at least we get we get one guess in there for the Thursday game. Mine was awful last week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shannon's it was, was bad. Shannon's yeah. was bad the week before too. It's my yeah. time to shine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like I, yeah, I picked 74 to 68 over Georgia and they just they blew that. Opposite of that. <laughs> like the, the most opposite it could be. Uh, it's it's okay. But all right. So we're going to talk about your pick, whichever one wants to blurt it out first to start, against Kentucky, last home game of the season. What do you got? 77-72 Missouri. Okay. Ooh. <clears throat> I'll say 65-60 Kentucky. Okay, I'm going to go 68-62, Missouri. Ooh, I'm the yes. outlier this time. You are the outlier this time, but that's, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's going to be a <laughs> tough-fought game. It's going to be ridiculous. Before we wrap this one up, another thing I wanted to get your opinion on, circling back to Georgia, should Mizzou fans be – I mean, I guess they are going to be frustrated no matter what. We, we know how this fan base operates. They are tough, resilient, <laughs> but also when things start to happen, they, they go a little crazy kind of quickly – to see Mizzou go down how they did, even without Asia Blackwell, to Georgia, and then to see Georgia get beat by Auburn. Mm, mm, mm. What's, what exactly is the thought process from you guys on that one? Was it just, dang, that, Georgia didn't have a good game, it just wasn't their night, or was, was there actually some concern there? Auburn has been better. Yes, yeah, that's, like, that's a good like, word. Like, <laughs> I, they had another big win earlier this season. I mean, I, thought they beat, I think they beat Tennessee, too. So... It's just like they're getting better. The whole, especially the bottom of the league, because Alabama had a huge win the other week, to, the other yeah. yesterday too, and on Thursday I think they beat Tennessee. So I mean, like the whole league is starting to improve, yeah. especially from the bottom. So, like you said earlier, you don't want to be on that first day because yeah. <laughs> we've, se- we, we've seen that like Auburn came here and took Missouri to overtime, and was there a South Carolina hangover to that? Maybe, but. That's okay. But, like, <laughs> you don't want to play on that first day because Texas A&M is a good team, too. And yep. it's just tough. Things you, want are that com- buy, you want that buy. Just yeah. one. You're absolutely right. Things are coming down to a tough close. It's going to be exciting to talk about it next week. This has been Episode 4 of Full Court Press on Missouri Women's Basketball. I'm Cameron Connor, Shannon Belt. And Nate Marcus. And we will see you guys next week to talk about how the SEC tournament is shaping up.
Thank you for listening to Full Court Press on Missouri Women's Basketball. Music by Pistol Jazz, produced by Cameron Connor.